I'm Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. This is a podcast for women who wonder how strength and weakness coexist, or how to bless both bravery and tenderness. For those longing to bring the fullness of their glory to the world without a chip on their shoulder. For those who have embraced a global sisterhood and left small storied lives behind, this is for you. The fierce and lovely women seeking the both and of a big storied life. Join me as I chat with fierce and lovely women around the world. In this episode, I talk with my daughters, Ella and Sophie Bruno. I've spent season one interviewing such incredible women and felt like I really wanted to have the voice of young women because that's such a passion of mine. I've referenced my book a couple of different times, but I haven't really dived into what I think it looks like to be raising the next generation. And so I brought Ella and Sophie on to just chat about various things. They're so fun. And I promise I didn't pay them to say the things they did. Uh, Listen in and enjoy the conversation I had with my 15 and 12 year old girls. Hey girls, thanks for coming on my podcast today. Yay! (laughs) You didn't have a choice, did you? (laughs) Um, So Ella... I want you to start us off. I always ask my guests to tell us a little bit about themselves. So can you tell us a little bit about your interests and how old you are and maybe, I don't know, your your favorite female hero? Sure. Um, I'm 15. I'm a sophomore in high school. I love a lot of things. I love to read, to write, um, to draw. I like to play the ukulele, to hike. Um, I don't know. There's a huge list. And um, one of my female role models um, would be Malala. Um, every time I hear her story or, I don't know, think about it, it just, like, gives me, like, shivers. It's just amazing. Yeah. And I have a crush on her dad. Like an activist <laughs> crush. <laughs> I think he's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so thank you, Ella. Sophie, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, so I'm a seventh grader, and that means I'm 12 years old. Um, I like to draw sometimes, but only if it looks good. Um, (laughs) I love reading. Right now, my favorite author is Leigh Bardugo. She's pretty great. She's epic. Um, Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like psych, I guess. I don't know. My (laughs) friends and I have been really into that lately. And I'm finding new random people at my school who love Psych too. It's a show. By yeah, the way. like on Friday we were just looking up Psych memes. And <laughs> what is who is one of your female heroes? Irina Sendler. Um, I think she's the one in World War Two who saved thousands of children from the Holocaust. In which country was she from? Mm, I think it's safe to guess <laughs> Poland, because. <laughs> Yeah, most of the people area. that I know are from Poland. <laughs> there were a lot of amazing women 
from Poland. Yeah, because that was like World the first place to be hit by the Germans. So they had more time to, more years to establish a resistance and kind of do what they could. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you make it sound so great, but really it was terrible. not at all. <laughs> but they are great, aren't they? They are amazing. And she's a great example. Well, girls, this is kind of wrapping up season one of the Fierce and Lovely podcast. And I've had some incredible women on the show, but I have not yet had young women. So thank you for being the the young women representing on this podcast. And I can't wait to talk with you today. I've been asking women um, kind of where they see themselves on the Fierce and Lovely spectrum and just kind of also like where they see others in their world uh, being fierce and being lovely. So Ella, let's start with you. Uh, where do you see in your own life fierce and lovely popping up? Um, in myself? Yeah, let's start with you. Okay. Um, because of this becoming year um, that I went through a couple years ago, um, I found that um, it's getting easier to find a balance between this fierceness and loveliness and a kind of um, self-awareness that I have um, and I'm able to hold. So um, I, in school, I'm very passionate about a lot of things and sometimes that intimidates my friends a little bit, but um, I get really passionate and I can go on passion speeches and I'm in a debate class where that passion really comes out and um, I can win a debate just because of how um, how powerful, like, my voice can be, um, and like I said before, like, that's kind of intimidating to a lot of people, so sometimes I have to tone it down just a little bit, (laughs) um, and I think it's easy when, for, for those women, for, and girls who are strong, who are passionate, who have strong opinions and a lot to offer, I think it's probably easier, more natural to be fierce. And that's certainly been the case for the women who I've interviewed so far this season. Um, So you're describing though, that sometimes that's, it feels like maybe it's too much Mm -hmm. for people. Yeah. Um, Sometimes my friends, they don't need a voice that's overpowering them. So I can kind of switch to gentler um, voice and personality and I, they need somebody to listen, listen to them instead of um, like I said, overpower them. So um, also for these kinds of people, it's it's better for them and they feel more known and understood when I'm listening and when we're engaging in a gentle conversation. So would you say that's your lovely then? It's that, that idea of creating mm-hmm. life and beauty. You're creating a space where your friends feel valued and honored and listened to but that's not to say you're diminishing your own opinions. Yeah, they need to be lifted up a little bit more. Um, and that's not putting my own self down. It's just recognizing like who they are so that they don't feel inferior. Hmm. So being a little other-centered in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. Where So that kind of speaks to one of your struggles as well, is, is finding that balance. Um, it's not either or. It's mm-hmm. both and, but how do you be both and at the same time? Yeah. Sophie, what would you say? Where have you seen fierce and lovely um, in your life? Um, well, I'm going to have to like agree with Ella here because I think that you have raised both of us to show our voice and be incredibly passionate about certain things. And I think that that can show both fierce and lovely. Um, 
fierce because we are, of course, like, using our voice to um, show our opinions, but also, like, lovely because we're opening up other people's minds and we're spreading God's love through our words and showing people what it's like to be passionate about something and to care about something like that. Mm. When Sophie's passionate about something, she writes letters <laughs> to important people. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> and research papers. <laughs> yeah. And that's using your voice is just the same way Ella's using hers in debate class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just in writing. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't actually have to say it to people. Writing carries that's a very hard voice. Yeah. It does, for sure. So where have you found that you struggle to to embrace the both and being fierce and lovely? Um, I think like the vulnerable part of being lovely is really hard. Like letting people see what I'm feeling. Hmm. Letting people know my emotions. Hmm. Why would you say that's that's lovely? Um, well, mostly because of what you said. Um, I don't know, you said, that, like, that's part of, like, to be lovely is to, like, let people in, be a good listener, and to have people listen to you and have people listen to what you have to say. Um, and sometimes that means being vulnerable, and that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it is, for sure. It's hard to show up and be fully present with the entirety of who we are and mm-hmm. not just put on a certain face when we're at home and another face when you're at school and another face at work, right? It's, it's hard to be integral, and I think that's part of vulnerability. It's bringing the fullness of who we are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what would you say girls your age so you're in middle school Sophie you're in high school Ella what are some of the things that girls your age are wrestling with these days what are some of the realities that you face and what are a lot of the topics of conversation you hear about in school um definitely body image is a big one that a lot of people are struggling with um it's the thigh gaps and um the color of your hair or like how long your eyelashes are, things that don't really matter, but they matter to a lot of girls, um, especially in my school, just um, people completely, I see over the summer people coming to school with a completely different image, so buzz cut hair or completely dyed like extensions or something to change themselves so that they feel powerful um, enough in themselves and um, strength, and I think that's a big thing that a lot of people are struggling with. Um, just like recognizing who they are, like finding identity instead of um, confusion about themselves. Hmm. And so thinking that identity equals outward appearance. Yeah, they think, or I assume that they think um, that if they let themselves be seen a certain way, it will transform who they are on the inside. Hmm. Do you talk about that sort of thing with your friends? No, (laughs) not really. Um, People, I think, this struggle that everyone goes through um, is sort of a personal thing that I think everyone knows that everyone else is going through it um, on some level, but Mm. it's never, it's kind of unspoken Mm. because it's too hard for people to place that pain. Mm -hmm. Where would you say you fall in that? Is that something that's really relevant for you too? I think it varies. Um, 
most days I'm totally fine, especially this year, this sophomore year, I've been very confident in myself. Um, <laughs> I, I just kind of like found myself a little bit. Um, and I'm not sure why that is and why it's so relevant now, but I know last year it was kind of an up and down struggle, a roller coaster for me. So on some days I would be really confident and I would wear no makeup and I'd just leave my hair in a bun and not even care because like I knew that it didn't matter what other people thought of me um, and therefore it didn't matter um, like how I like presented myself because I knew who I was. But then on other days I would be just a wreck and I couldn't see how other people could stand me, hmm. um, like how I acted and how I looked. Mm-hmm. Um. What, in light of that, Ella, what do you think is one thing that girls your age need most from women my age, whether that's their mom or an aunt or a teacher or a youth group leader? What is something that girls your age are are looking to us for? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think definitely a role model that is confident in themselves. So um, as like young women we're looking up and seeing how confident um our role models are and if they're struggling and if they can't find themselves and if they're taking out that pain and letting others um see how hard it is for them I mean it is good to relate to but also we want to be able to see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and we can be confident no matter who we are um Hmm. so it's really good to be able to look up to that Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to turn to Sophie now, but while I'm asking Sophie the same question, I want you to think about an example, if you can, of where you've seen that in an older woman, okay? Mm -hmm. So Sophie, in middle school, what would you say your peers are wrestling with? What are girls your age kind of thinking a lot about and struggling around? Um, Appearance, I think, is part of it, but also like being good enough Hmm. for everyone else Hmm. is really hard. Tell me more about that. Um, I feel like people want to be, like, more than normal humans can be because they see everyone else put on this mask Hmm. of being better than, like, actually, like, what they are, what normal humans are. So then they have to put on that mask. Hmm. We have to put on that mask Mm -hmm. to, like, um, just be a totally different person sometimes. Um just like have different interests pretend like you care um that's definitely something pretending like you care um or like pretending like you don't care um mm-hmm. or like being cool mm. yeah wow to to struggle with feeling like you're not enough starts that young mm-hmm I mean, I feel like it starts, like, sometimes even younger, um, like, to feel like you're not enough, even in elementary school, Mm -hmm. when you see other people being better than you, then comes in envy, and you want to be just like them, and then you put on, again, that mask, Mm -hmm. and you start to be someone who you're not. Yeah. So what do you think girls your age, then, most need from women my age? in light of that um someone to listen because if you can bring all your pain to someone 
who's going to sit there and listen, then you can really take off that mask. Mm. You're starting to tear up. Sophie, (laughs) you're just like letting go of these beautiful (laughs) manifestos. I'm, I'm, yeah, moved. You're making me tear up. That's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Ella, did you think of an example of something, someone? Yeah. um, One of your friends, actually, um, she's kind of been my mentor to me. um, And sometimes we go out to lunch and um, we've gone rock climbing before. um, And I remember us having a conversation um, about acne. And that's something that I really struggled with in middle school. um, And it's slowly 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 starting to get better in high school um and I remember her mentioning how um it was really bad for her in high school um and how she used to obsess about it and it became kind of who she was until one of her friends said like hey this is ruining who you are it's overtaking your personality and it's becoming you when this is not you um you're so much more than your face right Mm-hmm. And your face is beautiful. Hmm. Um, and so that was kind of like an eye-opener. Like, I can't let myself obsess about this. And I think that was a big shift in um, me as well and my confidence. Hmm. Well, I love that she was able to say that to you in a way that you heard. Yeah. Because <laughs> was I not saying the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so important to have other women speaking into your lives. And yeah. not just me. Mm-hmm. So, Sophie, what about you? Have you thought of an example of of how a woman has listened the way you just described needing? Um, yeah, probably like you as one example, but like apart from you too, um, <laughs> Ashley. She's an incredible listener. Yeah, um, she's, she's just tearing up. Always there. Yeah, and she's your youth group leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that both these women you've named are part of our family and really, right? They're part of our our lives because of ministry overlap and work overlap and they're they're just mm-hmm. you're getting to see them in a, in several different contexts and then when they are able to spend one-on-one time with you there's mm-hmm. trust there's right like affection that's been built in. They're such amazing people. <laughs> um what do you think, girls your age, like how are you watching us women in ways that we might not realize at all? Um, I, like I said, I definitely look for um, like how they act and how they hold themselves. Um, I know some women um, I see like walking around, they don't like have like a stance to them or a posture. I don't know if that's the right word to use. Um, where like it's just a sense of, self-awareness um and like knowing who they are and I think I I don't know if a lot of girls do this but I try to like see like where they're at um and see like you can kind of tell in their eyes or in how they act that (laughs) that they've been through something and they've been through it alone or they've been through it with somebody else and how they act um in spite of that so you're saying you actually can pick up on kind of a, a groundedness mm-hmm. and like a, a depth 
to someone yeah. just in how they carry themselves and the look in their eyes. You're, <laughs> you're pretty intuitive if that's what you're, you're saying, Ella. I have a teacher um, who kind of has this look and she's not like a super sweet, like sugar-coated kind of personality teacher, but you can definitely tell that like she has this fierceness and it's just so amazing and so inspiring because um, I know a little bit of her story um, just that she's been like walking through life alone, but she's found this strength because of it. Mm. And I think that's really inspiring too mm. for me to be able to see her every day with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you've talked a lot about her. Mm-hmm. She, um, so she exudes a presence. It sounds like yes, that you're picking up on. Yes. And that's amazing. And I wish that, um, I don't know. Every person was open like that. Not like just to talk, but like open in how they present themselves. Mm. Hmm. Sophie, what would you say? I think I see how people react to problems. Um, Like, I remember you and I were talking about how to react to certain problems and um, like how quickly you come up with these like perfect peacekeeping ways to like come about these troubles um and I feel like girls need to learn how to do that um because there's going to be a lot of problems that they need to solve and then and like if we can have ideas like you do to not have like this I don't know what what's the word like I don't know or like threatening um like way of coming about it if we cannot have that then like everything would be so much easier if we can like solve problems like how women like you do (laughs) so are are you expecting payment later for all of these props to your mom i mean christmas is going around (laughs) (laughs) no no i'm just saying you're like the main example in our lives so Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that just um, just a moment. I've mentioned my book just briefly on this podcast. I haven't talked a lot about it, and this certainly isn't meant to be a commercial, but let's talk a little bit about the intentional year. Ellie, you referred to it as the becoming year mm-hmm. that you and I walked through together and concluded two years ago when you were mm-hmm. 13. Sophie, you are, and I are in it right now. Mm-hmm. What has that year meant to you? And you can both and speak into that. It totally wrecked me. In a great way, right? <laughs> y- yes. <laughs> um, it was absolutely fantastic. And um, and it gave me this huge perspective on the world. But I think that's what totally wrecked me. That um, I've kind of exceeded um, the point like where my friends are at. Um, having this perspective that my friends don't. That there's so much more to life than obsessing about small things and um, how we look and this one assignment that um, that everyone's super stressing over and there's like so much more to life than just this and I think that's what's wrecked me because I can't relate as much and I was still stressed about finals oh yes you still care about makeup but but it's not my entire being Mm-hmm. I hear friends talking with me about like this is all they're thinking about or all they're thinking about is guys and they can't get their mind off of them and it's it's 
hard to really relate with them. And I want to relate with them, but I can't anymore because it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell moms that, actually. I say this was, for you, an incredible year of growth and change, but it did set you apart. And mm-hmm. that has been hard. Yeah. That has been um, a, a realistic and difficult benefit and consequence. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Sophie, how are you experiencing it? Kind of two-fifths of the way through as we are. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of what Ella said. Um, less of like the wrecking, more of like the eye-opening. Um, I definitely have a lot more experiences now. And like I'm trying to tell all my friends these amazing things that have happened. And I feel like I can't. There's just so much to the world that... You can't see if you haven't experienced this thing hmm. with mm-hmm. someone that you love and someone that has shown you stuff mm-hmm. like what we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by experience? Um, like how, yeah. have, how have experiences been a part of, of this? Well, like when we went to Turkey um, that day when we were just exploring mm-hmm. um, and like finding the woman in the shadows. Right. The women of history who one might think have been forgotten, but we found evidence of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or this morning. Talk talk about that. Yeah. So this morning, um, we went on a walk. Uh, not like peaceful stroll through the neighborhood. We went to um, a Catholic homeless shelter. And we gathered with like a hundred other people. And we walked the mile to the Matthew Center where they feed um, everyone and they care for them and they give them the supplies that they need and we walked through the bitter cold at eight o'clock in the morning for a mile and it was just like an eye-opening experience where we saw um, more of like what they experience every day sometimes like multiple times a day Um, and to do that is less of like knowing what's going on in your community, but experiencing what is going on in your community. And to do that, like, if we do that, then we can have open eyes and we can help them more because we know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. We know what they're feeling. And that's like part of what we need to do to like care for these people. We need to not dehumanize them. We need to befriend them we need to be like them we need to relate to them Mm -hmm. so this walk was like the starting step for that yeah you can only love what you know you can only know what you experience Mm -hmm. yeah and trying to explain that to friends relating back to the Mm -hmm. um, question like it's hard because something that you experience and you connect with so much um obviously you want to be able to share that experience with your friends and until they've really experience it for themselves they don't really understand mm-hmm. yeah and it's hard right to rally like it would have been really hard to rally a bunch of friends to, mm-hmm. to join us at eight this morning yeah um but I know of a lot of moms who are doing a becoming year like this with other moms and so there is more of a group going through it together mm-hmm. um which is probably a better scenario than what we've done Mm -hmm. because it has felt lonely for you guys in that way right yeah 
although incredibly powerful, it sounds like mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. 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 Um, well, girls, what's what's some fun stuff? This sounds like we. I just am out to wreck you, which <laughs> I am out to wreck you to give you a bigger perspective on the world for sure. Yeah. But um, what are some things that you just find joy in? Because it is a both and, right? We live in the tension of having um, a great, great responsibility to care for those like the homeless, and yet we have privilege. And how do we handle both of those at the same time? And so that also means we're reading about hard stuff and opening our eyes up to hard things, but we're also still living life and living in our privilege. And there's joy and delight in that, right? Mm -hmm. There's a tension to that. So what are some things that that are just delightful in your life right now? Even when we've been talking about all of this, like, very mature experience and stuff, we still love to binge watch Netflix and... (laughs) Um, we really are into this one series, um, by Sophie, my favorite author, Leigh Bardugo, um, which we're just super obsessed with and we can't stop talking about it. The book series. (laughs) The book series. Yes. Oh, yeah. And what's the TV psych right now is this show that you're binge watching the most? Um, that's Sophie. Yeah. Yeah. Brooklyn (laughs) Nine-Nine. Parks and Rec, all of the different crossover shows. for Flash is on on Sundays. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm writing a book right now. It's nothing fic- like nonfiction, like my mom is writing, but um, I still find a lot of joy in writing that. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a book that's been kind of been brewing since fifth grade. Right. There's been many renditions of this book. So many <laughs> renditions. <laughs> but maybe one day we'll see Ella Bruno on the shelves. Oh. Bestseller list. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, well, girls, thank you so much for joining me for this chat and for representing young women on the Fierce and Lovely podcast. I love you both. Love you too. Love you too. (laughs) Hey, it's Sophie. And I'm Ella. And today we're taking over the outro of our mom's podcast. If you're a mom and you have a daughter, you should totally go buy my mom's book, A Voice Becoming. It's available wherever books are sold. And it's a great Christmas gift. Thank you for listening. I'm Ella. And I'm Sophie. And And you're you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. Favorite movie of all time. Uh, That was a hard one. Happy Death Day. What? Yes. I've only watched the first 15 minutes of that. Favorite dessert. Chocolate ice cream. Chocolate ice cream. What? (laughs) Chocolate, 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 chocolate. Okay, favorite restaurant. Wash rabbit. Anything <laughs> for cheese? Yeah. <laughs> Any like Chinese food? Anything that has Chinese food? Favorite activity to do on a Saturday? Reading. Being alone in my room <laughs> and doing whatever. <laughs> um, favorite clothing item to wear? Sweatshirts. Sweatshirt. Giant baggy sweatshirts. Super fuzzy on the inside. Favorite season of the year? Fall. Summer. Favorite song. Ooh. Old Pine. You Say by Lauren Daigle. Hmm. I don't know what Old Pine is by. Favorite so. color? Blue. <laughs> Favorite thing you have to do to get ready in the morning? Eat. I don't like... Oh. <laughs> Eat. <laughs> yeah, sure. Ideal time to wake up in the morning? As late as possible. Favorite parent? <laughs> I'm not a parent. <laughs> <laughs>